Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? Taking a surf trip anytime soon? Well, lucky for you, we have Matty Leo on the show, and he's been driving for three and a half years, surfing all the way, starting in New York, and so far he's made it to Peru. So stay tuned in, because Coach Evan, myself, and Matty are going to talk about the do's and don'ts of surf traveling. If you've ever cooped it, or just like to laugh when other people do, stick around, because this podcast is just for you. If you don't know by now, us surfers love to spot a kook. But don't stress it, because we all kook it at some point. So hang on to your swimmies and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, so let's get into it. And uh, welcome to the show, Maddie. Let's uh, let's start off by hearing a little bit about your travels, because it wasn't a beeline to Peru, right? You did some zigging and zagging on your way? Uh, yeah, thanks, Chris. And Ev, thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah, we started, no, I mean, as straight as I'm trying to keep this trip for, you know, due south, yeah, you end up zigzagging and backtracking here and there. So, yeah, we... Uh, Even backtracking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> when the waves are good, sometimes you want to go back, but... True. <laughs> All right, so tell us a little bit about like your pat. You know, we just started talking about that. Your your beeline and your zigzagging, and and uh, you know what parts of the coast have you have you seen so far? Um, yeah, so Ingrid and I we left New York and then we drove across the country to California, and then from there it was just a straight shot down the Pacific Coast, basically. Baja. Um, so Baja we took Baja. yep Baja, and then we took the ferry to Mazatlan. And uh, mainland Mex, and then all through Central, and then we shipped the van from Colon, Panama, to Cartagena, Colombia. Why'd you have to ship the van? Because you cannot drive through really on hmm. uh, through the Darien Gap. It's uh, nearly impassable for really? any type of vehicle. There is an old trail that I I've heard about. It's like the uh, indigenous trail. It's like a thousand years old or more. Wow. It's called the uh, Sendero. Los Cruces, the cross trail. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they're referencing to that, but yeah, the Darien Gap is um, like an inhospitable terrain of like mountains and jungles and, uh, you know, snakes and spiders. And, um, how, how big is riv- that? Rivers. Like, and how do, they, well, how do they ship it? They take like literally go around it by sea? Yeah, so they, we, I, dro- I literally drove the van into a container that we had shared, a 40-foot container with another van. Um, a couple from South Africa, and uh, yeah, uh, they, and then they put that container, they shut her down, seal it up, take a picture of the seal, and they stick it on a freight ship or a, a ship, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it just takes like a four days, three or four days. And how do you, oh, you guys go on the ship too? Uh, no, no, we flew it to Cartagena from Panama City. Yeah. We met the van there, and we're hanging out in Cartagena. Waiting for the van to show up, right on. which was really very nice. Cartagena is beautiful. I mean, uh, every square inch of Colombia is amazing. Would definitely go back to Colombia. Looking mm-hmm. forward to getting there one of these days. We didn't surf Colombia, but Colombia, I think, would be potentially, I mean, if you had the time and the money and the resources, quite possibly some of the best um, unexplored surf um, in South America. Really? What what makes you say that? Well, Colombia, the Pacific coast of Colombia is still um, re- really very remote. Um, there's not a lot of infrastructure or even people living there. 
and then it's full of uh, like islands and like jungle. So there's potentially these like it's just full of littered with point breaks, right? With, without right, anybody, right. just all kinds nobody. of like coastal variation and exactly cool. And, um, the only way to access really would be by boat, uh huh? Because there's no roads in there, and it's definitely getting south swell. I mean, there's exposure. I think it's getting it's getting north and south swell. Uh, Co uh, Colombia is the only country in South America that has both coastlines, uh, what they refer to as Atlantic, but really it's Caribbean and Pacific uh, coasts. So mm -hmm. in South America. you can surf uh, uh, Colombia <laughs> on the Caribbean side, but I mean, there is waves, but uh, Bocas del Toro, like Panama is much better surf right right caribbean yeah. side oh, even costa rica but like you were saying i mean that's kind of sort of explored you know it's not really like colombia has potential to be the pacific pioneered. coast to me yeah would be the place to be cool yeah. cool so you didn't get to do that though nah yeah we started back on the coast in ecuador which also does have excellent surf um both north and south exposure and Highly worth it. So yeah, so far let's, more accessible. Coastline. Let's talk about some of your favorite spots first, and then maybe you can give us some spots that are great for beginners. Any um, you know not so secret uh, places that you really enjoyed? I don't want you to spill any beans or make any make any enemies. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm not one to, that really likes to keep a secret, but of course, in the surfing community, it's not really. It doesn't go over well to be just you know, giving, giving away like great spots. But at the same time, you know, I think that has everything to do with like the vibe that you put out there and your intentions, you know, and that really goes really far with, um, generally any sort of lineup and how would I say this? Um, it just, it has everything to do with everything that you do, you know, <laughs> like as you pull up the rig that you're in, the way that you greet people in the lineup, if you're smiling at them, sometimes they don't want you to smile at them, you know, if you're, you know, just, if, if you're a good surfer, that helps a lot, you know, just your, your accent, do you, do you have any other language? Mm -hmm. um, sure, but even I was going to say, like, if you're telling good people about a surf spot, like cool people with good attitudes, and then you only have cool people showing up at these surf spots like so i mean of course you don't want to tell the wrong person right like if you have there's like 10 guys with that are that you know are just gonna like take over a lineup maybe you don't want to tell those guys about this great wave down the road but right. you got a couple guys that you know are respectful you know and you're gonna be cool in the lineup and you're not worried about them making you look bad or well then you tell you know anyone like that share yeah share with the right people mm -hmm. can only be good so what was your favorite spot? So, um, uh, at least up until Columbia, let's, let's stop. Cause like, I mean, you've had quite an epic journey where it's three and a half years. I'm sure you did some great surfing in that time. Yes. Multiple seasons. Yeah. South, North and South swells. Um, but definitely, you know, up until Columbia, like Baja, California for overlanding is just amazing. I mean, every square inch of that, it's like a thousand miles long and there's waves up and down. It's just littered with surf. And only half of that is even known, mm -hmm. really, that has a name, you know. Half of these points have never been surfed or, you know, don't even have a name yet. So you could go there and name your own surf spots, though. Sweet. Um, but definitely, like, uh, 
in Nicaragua, there's a great spot in Popoyo. There's some really good like learning learning waves. Um, I'm trying to think, Costa Rica. Friendly lineups, friendly reefs. Oh, El Salvador. Mm. El Salvador has a beautiful spot, Zunzao. It's close to La Libertad. Such a fun wave and just so accessible and just appealing. Right hand, point break. It's one of those waves that like anyone can surf. It's like a beginner wave, but it's also super fun for like a intermediate, advanced surfers. I mean, absolutely, without question. Go to town. That so, was one of And uh, then what favorites. about, okay, so naturally when you're traveling and you kind of find out some things the hard way, what are some of the the don'ts of surf traveling for you and, and what you've learned on your way? Mm. Yeah, don't have a bad vibe. Like, don't, you know, be disrespectful. Don't paddle out into a lineup and just think that that's okay to just paddle right up to the top and expect a wave. Like, you know, I like to think that any, any surfer at any level could paddle into almost any lineup. And if you're respectful and you're considerate of the people around you and you're watching where your board is going, you know, when you're, when you're wiping out or when you're surfing on the wave, um, you won't have a bad vibe. I, I like to think that even at, the, at, the, at a place that has the heaviest vibe, if you go in there with a good vibe, you'll catch those guys off, off guard and you'll, you'll probably be very well accepted because they're so used to having sort of a heavy vibe that they're just happy to have someone come just bubbling on up with, mm -hmm. you know, up, with a smile on their face. Up, yeah. Yeah. And so how, would you, so how would you describe having a good vibe to someone who doesn't understand that? Like, you know, what do you mean? Paddle out with a good vibe, like smiling at everybody <laughs> or, st you know, like, pad like not paddling up to the peak or, or give us some descriptions so that our, our listeners can go travel and, uh, and have an idea of how they should be paddling out to the lineup. Yeah, I read, for sure, Chris, I'd love to answer that question. Um, I read one time, uh, years back, in a surf magazine about this, and I picked up this tip that I have found very valuable that was just saying hello in the lineup just goes such a long way. Like, when you're paddling by somebody, say hello. Mm. If you're in a country that speaks a foreign language, try it with that language, you know? Right. Like, just saying just a, hello just a general. little effort yeah you know that's that's actually a great point so like tom Corey, and gavin a couple friends of ours had um gone to chopu and they said that one thing that really struck them is that every time you paddled out into the lineup every s new surfer greeted every surfer that was out surfing i and love like, that i love that story too. yeah i love that too i never i never even heard of that you know and literally anybody new old local whatever um, you know, you would just say hello and shake, uh, I don't know if they said shake hands, but they made it sound pretty formal. Like mm. you go and you approach everybody and say, hello, hello. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Hey, hey. There might be 30 people on the lineup. Right? And you say hi to all of them. Yeah. yeah I was like, wow. Nothing wrong that's, with that. That's kind of cool. I like that. I think yeah, they said we were going to do it, but we never started that. <laughs> acknowledgement just goes such a long way. And, um, you know, hello is just such an easy way to do that. Like just paddling by somebody you know, compared to paddling by them with a hello, really can just ease a lot of tension. Mm. Well, yeah, so I think quickly. I think surfers get into this this mentality, and as soon as they hit the water, it's like all about catching waves, and it's all about you know you, you got to slow down a little bit and uh, and do those little those little formalities that really really go a long way. And 
staying on the inside. Like if, if I'm traveling around and I don't know the spot and there's a lot of people out, I, pro I probably won't even check out the outside. Maybe if I'm going to be there for a couple of days or a few days, hang on the inside and be super humble and don't like, don't even just take that many waves you know because it might not just be the locals out in the lineup there's a lot of the times there's locals on the on the beach kind of watching your every move and if you're if you're really you know if if you're really clued in there then that can that can end up you know then all of a sudden you're being invited to the parties and you're like really immersed in the culture pretty quick it can go either way mm. Yeah, that was that was like that reminds me of your story back from like three etiquette breaches or three etiquette, uh, the p episode we did, and Ev told this great story about where he he wrote someone off. They were taken off, kind of behind the section, so he wrote him off and was like, "Oh, I can take this wave. He's not going to make it around the section," and sure enough, he makes it. And even worse, the crew on the beach sees the whole <laughs> oh, thing. No. Oh, you got to go back and listen <laughs> to that one. It's a great story. But yeah, yeah, Bummer. and it's just, you know, I we all know this too. You kind of go out and kind of work your way up and wait for the invite to the peak, you know, to the true first peak. In the meantime, just hang on the inside, catch a bunch of waves, surf the best you can, enjoy those like little insiders, you know, and do what you can with that. But Actually, I have a funny story that you just reminded me of that's actually the complete opposite of that. I was surfing Pavones, this was years back actually, and it was like pretty good, like solid overhead. And somebody had already dropped in on the on this wave. And so I and I was sort of like on the shoulder checking it and he was like, Oh, he's got it, so no problem, I'm pulling back. But it was too late to pull back. Oh no. And I'm like, oh shit. And so all I could do was either, you know, go over the falls and eat it or stick it. And I ended up making it really, right? So Which you just was drop the wave. You, you so yeah, so I dropped straight in and I sort of like bottom turn back, you know, I didn't go straight, I bottom turned into the wave, but the guy's ahead of me. And so I'm sitting there like about to, you know, bail and the guy looks back and goes, oh shit, <laughs> or excuse my French. And he kicks out because he thought that he dropped in on, on me, Right. but it was the opposite. He just didn't see that. I, I actually dropped in lip. on him and he kicked out and it was really funny. And so I continued riding that wave, <laughs> luckily, because I was just about to literally like jump off the board. Right, right. It's right. like, oh my God, thank you. Like higher powers. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Absolutely. So you got all, well. That's that's better than like crashing into him though. Oh, I guess unless he passed you. But like, have you ever gotten hung up in the lip? I, I, jeez, I can remember multiple times being a kid like paddling for a wave and kind of hesitating, and then getting hung up on the lip and just like, <laughs> down with the lip, becoming part of the no lip. Doubt. One with the lip, as we say. I don't know how many times. Oh. So the, the story that I wanted to tell was like. It was at Mazatlan, this little reef break. It's it's right on the main drag there. It's like everybody can see the wave, and that's where it gets the most swell, so that's where everybody surfs. So we're in a van, you know, like th four of our friends in a van with a dog and a bunch of boards, and so it's pretty hard to be low-key when you pull up to a spot like that. But usually, you know, we have a, a good vibe, and, uh, you know, we're all having a good time, and then we all we were all on the same page like be respectful be humble out in the lineup and so we we paddle out there and we're just sitting on the inside and all the locals are out the back and they're basically like kicking out of the wave and that's when we're getting in on the wave you know we're just surfing the mushy little wave and then 
and then they can tell that we can surf and they start like one by one they're like inviting us up the point you know they're like hey the whistle at us bring us up then we you know that's when we actually met them and and then it kind of got me in a sticky situation because the like the head local was like basically giving out the waves he was like sitting out the back and he would like whistle and then he would point at you and like you had to go on the on that wave and then he gave he gave me a wave I made it and then I came back up and then he had like this this grin on his face and then a real set came in and he was like he was like paddle deeper paddle deeper paddle deeper okay yeah he was like totally coaching me into this wave and then as I'm paddling in it's like completely dry reefing out underneath me and it just it almost put me in the very worst situation ever just but um i don't think he was trying to clown me i think he was saying like you know i think you can i think you can take off at this point he was just like he was coaching us all into the waves and it was so much fun and i had never never dealt with that situation in surfing before and what did you do did you pull back or i pulled you... it i pulled the drop like oh. i just i dropped in at a really hard angle and stayed really high on the wave but i had never i had never seen like dry reef like sticking out at me before in my life and it was like it was pretty heavy wow wow yeah and that was a good wave it was a good wave i mean that was at the very top of the point so as soon as you made the drop then you were in deeper water and then you could go to go to town like do turns and and all that but where was that ev that was i forget <laughs> the name of the place but it was in mazatlan like down you know right on the main drag in mazatlan i forget the name of the spot hmm yeah, there's a bunch of good waves in that area. I heard that's a high concentrate, but um, south swells only because Baja uh, blocks all the north swells right. for Mazatlan. Mm-hmm. And then starting from Mazatlan, that's basically where the Sea of Cortez starts or meets the ocean. Mm-hmm. So you're almost in the Sea of Cortez there. Oh right, okay. So now I'm getting a visual. I don't actually know where it is, but now I see it. So it's it's basically almost parallel with the southern tip of Baja. Exactly. Uh huh. And then, what about on the way? Uh, any beginner spots? Any good spots for, uh, you know, like friendly, tim- uh, fr- friendly, uh, gentle waves? Um, find on the way, or were you hunting yeah. out all like some serious? I'm trying to think of where was the good beginner spot in uh, in Mexico? Definitely Baja. They just have so many long, beautiful point breaks. I mean, they're all mostly right-handers. But almost any one of those spots on the on the right day would just be, ugh. Like the bottom's so not treacherous, yeah. really, and, and the wave's not too fast. It's like, it's makeable. Like, and mellow crowd. Like, it's it's just desolate out there. It's like being on another planet. But you'd have to really be prepared. That's the thing. You have to have your rig together. You need water. Right. Know, These aren't, so things. they're not beginner spots necessarily <laughs> in the sense, maybe beginner right. waves, but mm-hmm. not beginner places to go. Yeah, you could say that. You could argue that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mexico has. I would. I. I shouldn't. Mexico. That's a little bit. I wouldn't want to give away. Give away certain spots in Mexico. Of course, of course, we understand that. But um, I would say I think. Well, Mexico doesn't maybe have a lot of beginner spots really, but for intermediate, um, like Rio Nexpa. Like that. I I mean, if you're a goofy foot, you want to go there, and if it's small, you can ride it. But if it's good, it's like as good as it gets, really, or can be. And I didn't get it as good as it gets, but I got—I was pretty happy with with what I got. The cool thing about any of these spots is like when there's waves, 
it's crowded. So it's good, but you're not getting that many waves. But when it's not that good, it's still really good, and there's no crowds. Like, the locals aren't going to surf it if it's, like, underhead high because it's overhead all the time, mm -hmm. and they just, like, stay home and, you know, are getting stuff done. Well, yeah, that's... Or the wind's just a little bit off or something exactly. like that. Exactly. That's a really good, like, tip for, well, really surfing yeah. anywhere is, like, Surfing those like low profile days where it's not necessarily the best conditions and all the locals are kind of like, eh, you know, over it. We surf here all the time, so it's not great today. And then you can just get your fill with no one out. Right. Like uh, I remember surfing Pavones and Pavones is a very crowded wave typically when the swell is on. But the swell will last, you know, three to five days typically, you know. And uh, only two or three of those days will be very crowded because they all come from, you know, Costa, Rican, Costa Ricans will come from San Jose or por all parts of Costa Rica and converge on Pavones. But then they have to go back, you know, to work. And mm -hmm. so they just come for the day or two and they split. And those two days surrounding that that aren't quite the peak of the swell will be amazing and very uncrowded. So right, before and, and after the peak of the swell. And then another trick, too, just like along the lines of that, is the off-season can be better than the on-season mm. because of this very fact of it's less crowded and there's still waves almost in any of these places. And maybe it's not the best or like the potential of having the, the best swell is going to happen, is going to come, but it's still pretty good. Right. Well, like you said, I mean, you don't necessarily want the best swell because that's like the high-profile name brand Everybody wants it, coming from far and wide to get a piece of it, you know? Exactly. That's being a smart traveling surfer right there. So you probably won't get that wave anyways when it comes yeah, to rolling right, through because right. there's a hundred guys. Right, know? even if you nail it, you spot that swell coming for days out, you get yourself down there, you do everything you need to do, and there you are sitting in the lineup in this epic swell and you can't get a wave. I mean, you could drop in, but that's not really... You won't feel good about that anyways. Mm -hmm. like you mm -hmm. want to earn it. Not advised. <laughs> And then what what were you saying before about uh, where were you when you stepped on all those urchins or was that Ingrid? Ah, uh, yeah, poor Ingrid. No, I haven't, you know, stepped on an urchin yet, but it's not because it wasn't, you know, my God, I remember walking across like in Bocas del Toro, like you just this, got even just lucky. acres of like urchin and there's like urchins. I mean, the place is just pockmarked with holes, this reef and every hole has an urchin and they're like just sticking out above the hole and you can't imagine how you're not stepping on the urchin, but somehow, and you see the locals will walk across the reef, like, as if they're just walking on, like, the sand, but it's not, and, uh, yeah, Ingrid stepped on an urchin, but that was in Nicaragua. Um, yeah, poor Ingrid. She was jumping out into the ocean, into the wave, like, jumping off a rock. Um, this, it's sort of hard, it's like there's this ledge, and it was sort of an easy, should have been an easy launch, but she sort of mistimed it, and it was very windy, because Nicaragua can get really windy. How? And, um, yeah, the swell just sort of knocked her, and she stepped, she put her foot in the hole. And she barely put her foot in the hole. Right. Right? But it was enough to get, like, I mean, she got fully smashed by this urchin. She had 43 oh. needles in her foot. Like in the, in the heel? one step. One step, yeah. Ouch. Right in the heel? No, it was in the ball of her foot, like the ball... Just below the, ah, so the big toe. So it wasn't the heel. Mm. Yeah. Because you can, you can keep your weight off like your, the heel of your foot, but you can't really keep the weight off your, the ball of your foot. Mm -mm. Yeah, it took me three and a half hours to clean that out. And she still ended up, there was that one 
sneaky little pesky needle little. that just was too deep for you know for my surgical skill and <laughs> well, I mean it didn't even know it was there after forty three you know how right, are you going to get them all right right actually it took um, weeks to you know I was after initially cleaning her foot that first night I went back at it another week later and I think again another week or two later wow just things cleaning kinda, for the weeks. body's pushing them out yeah so they they kind of come the to last the surface one, except for the yeah the one the last one she had taken out in where was that in Costa Rica yeah um and this guy they had to you know put a novocaine in her foot and or whatever it is uh, anesthesia <laughs> no, and um <laughs> And yeah, he cut it out with a scalpel. Oh, wow. It was amazing. I couldn't believe how deep he went to pull that out. So yeah, be careful of the urchins. Yeah, don't they step are dangerous. on urchins. <laughs> right, that's being, again, being a smart traveling surfer, like take your time. Don't just go rushing out into a new lineup. Try to make friends with the locals and get that insider scoop on where you go in and where you go out. It can, it can, you know, you can continue having fun on your surf trip or it can be basically over. Blow it. That's right. So quickly. That's that's a good point you said there. Like talk to the locals, get the inside scoop. So say hello, and then follow it up with how the hell do I paddle out here? <laughs> right. But like, so did you? Or where did, should I go in? <laughs> yeah. Did you did you do a lot of? Uh, did, was that a kind of one of your strategies? Just talk to the locals, figure out where to paddle out, or were you just, you know, aware enough Watching. to just watch and observe and figure out how to do it? Well, under? I mean, talk to the locals. Talk to everybody. Just be yeah, you know yeah. receptive and. Mm -hmm. and you know, totally humble and yeah. everybody has something to say to you, especially the like, but generally speaking too, like talking to the best surfers in the lineup, you know, if you have a question, those guys typically know <laughs> what's going on. Right. Yeah. Humility is key. And you know what I think I always found out, I feel like people like answering questions. A lot of people, maybe not everybody, but people like to show their knowledge, sure. you know, and so give them that chance to be like the all knowing you know, person, like, humble yourself and go to them, like, you must know, I can, you know, it's a sign of respect, I think, and uh, might earn you a point or two, or a wave. Actually, yeah, being chatty can be really helpful, I, I remember clearly a situation in Ecuador where, uh, like, because I, I can be very chatty in the lineup, especially when I'm kind of pumped up and just got a good one, <laughs> and I started, like, you know, just started talking to this local guy, um, or just just talking to, I didn't know he was a local, but he happened to be this like heavy local. And um, as I came back out to the lineup and I started chatting with him again, you know, and uh, I had seen as I was paddling out, I saw some other local guys looking at me kind of hard. But then they see me talking to this guy and they're like, oh, he must be cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, he must actually, be I don't know him at all. I just was started talking to him and we got a little, you know, rapport going. So being chatty, you know, can go a long way. No doubt. Because that smoothed out, you know, that vibe that could have been potentially, like, maybe, you know, a sort of... Maybe you need to get out of the water now. Tense situation, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe you're catching too many waves. Maybe you're talking too much. Exactly. <laughs> and then, because, and also um, talking in the lineup, some people will, be, will think, like, oh, are they arguing or something, you know? And, like, so it can be confusing, but it's not. You're not. You're just chatting. And then when people realize that you're not arguing, you're just having a chat, that can really diffuse a whole lineup, you know, just so chatting. Because a lot of the time, people are only talking to each other when they're having an argument or 
some kind of altercation happened. Right. But so chatting for the sake of chatting break, helps just break ease the silence. Yeah. yeah. Like it. It's the way to be. So don't be too loud, but you know. Find that happy me. It's just like everything in surfing, you know. Don't do it too much, but don't do it too <laughs> little. But just just do it perfect. It's okay to talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just do everything perfectly, okay? There's there's your lesson for the day. <laughs> uh, all right, and then Should and I, going pat. Oh god. I don't know. I was trying to think of just like a couple more beginner spots. What oh, were you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna ask about like beyond Colombia, you know, uh, and where did you surf and. Uh, what happened uh, past, hmm. you know, how, and how much time was it? Like, so, like, I'm just trying to sort out your timeline, you know, because you've been doing this for three and a half years, and at what point did you get to Colombia, and how much time was left on your trip until you're here now with us? Right. Uh, we got to Colombia on uh, September, uh, it was like the 9th or the 7th. We showed up in Colombia the same just time that... Just this past year, 2017? Right. Pope's... Pope's so a year ago. St. Francis, yeah came to Colombia, and we arrived with him at the same time in Cartagena, so it was neat. So we saw the Pope. Same plane, that's great. And we didn't talk to him, but we saw him drive by in the Pope mobile. Why didn't you, of all times, to be chatty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to have chatted with him, but anyways, it was just neat to see him there. So, uh, and the timeline was that we drove to California. We left February 15th, 2015. Drove to California. We met my friend Will. We left the van at his place for the summer, and we flew back to work for the summer, and then we went back to the van, drove it over the border, you know, prepped for the for crossing into, you know, south of the border. Yeah. And um, then we made it as far as Puerto Escondido. We stayed there for some time, like I think a little more than a month, and then met a really cool local guy that let us uh, leave the van at his place. So then we flew back again for the summer, for the following summer. Um, and worked again in Montauk, teaching with you know my friend Corey's uh, sc- school, right, uh, surf school. Yeah, Corey's wave. And um, yep. And uh, then th- then we didn't do that again because the thing about coming back for the summer is the summertime is the south swell season in Latin America on the Pacific coast, and um, that's so that's when the waves are the best. I mean, yeah, it's it like killing your progress swells. too. And then, yeah. You guys are still in max, you know. And that's right, and it's lengthening the trip. <laughs> and then you're flying. Not only you're missing the south swells, but you're going back to Montauk for the in the summertime in the East Coast is typically when the waves are the smallest. And I mean, right, as, so you're be- leaving as beautiful waves to go as it to is, a flat flat ocean. Right, exactly. So that could be a little. I know, and you know, weighs, just, weighs heavy on the mind. You guys have some great pictures of all this. I know Ingrid does. We're gonna have to. I'll make sure to put some of those up on the blog. I'll, I'll have to get them off of Ingrid. Uh, Ingrid's just sitting here quietly. <laughs> you can you can toss in a little <laughs> giggle here and there. That's uh, right. That's right. We have documented our travels. Um, yeah, I'm gonna post some pictures up for sure. Anybody the, wants to see? Because so I want to hear about Puerto Escondido. How was that? Because I saw some sick shots of you. Charging. Wait, man. plug plug the blog. Can I yeah. plug the blog? Please. I was going to say. Oh yeah. Oh, did I? Cu- I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. If the listeners want to see our travels, we have uh, a blog. It's called downtheline.info. Sick. And uh, Ingrid's. She's my wife. She's a photographer. She's native Peruvian. Um, she's an artist and an excellent surfer. We'll link it all too there in the uh, in our in our blog in our podcast like archives. So. And I might uh, at the same time. Would love to plug that we have two La Mission boards, or three actually in the in the van. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, the custom quiver is oh, intact. Wait, this, this is a this is a, a team La Mission sitting here right now. That's right. I got a, quite a few myself. You guys have three. <laughs> yeah, we have two magic peanuts, and uh, I have the seven O. The Naya. The Naya. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Glasting quad. Is that what you wrote at Puerto Escondido? That is what I wrote at Puerto. Yep. And broke at Puerto Escondido. Sadly, yep. Snapped it in half. Clean oh, in half. Heartbreaker. <laughs> got crushed on a. You know the thing about Puerto is like. You sort of have to surf the biggest wave of the day. Whatever day that is, isn't, you know, if it's a small day, you still want to go for the biggest waves. Because if you're riding the biggest waves, it's my theory that you'll never get caught by them. <laughs> yeah, that's true, so, yes. <laughs> unless, so... <laughs> you miss, unless your wave selection is poor. <laughs> like, oh, there's the biggest wave. Nope, that's the biggest wave landing <laughs> on my head. <laughs> After that's you exactly kick out what of happened. one. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I caught a fairly decent medium-sized wave, was happy with it. And was feeling comfortable about not getting crushed. And then all of us, lo and behold, you know, because it happens at Puerto every time, monster set just comes in. Looming out the back. Oh, man, oh, like God. looming is like, I don't even know how to say it. Just So what did you, tell us the story. This growling is a, on the approach. I, mean, I want to hear the whole story. So you're, so you're paddling back out from the wave you just caught? Yeah. And, and you see this set coming. And it's just that classic, like, you know, I couldn't decide whether I should keep paddling it forward as fast as I can to right. duck dive or literally just turn around and paddle for the beach. Right, right. Because Get to hit not by be... a white water instead of like a lip. Yeah. Yeah. Like right to the... Imp- that's, the, that's the thing that stood out to me the most. The first time I went <laughs> to stay with Evan in La Miss and, and surf there and it was pumping the whole week we were there. And I'll never forget that feeling of seeing this giant wave coming for so long and not knowing if I should keep charging... <laughs> Or if I was going to put myself in the smack dab focus point of the impact zone, you know, and just being like, damn it, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, and with those kind of waves, like if you turn around and paddle for the beach, you probably won't be going to the beach anyways because the water is sucking towards the face. So you'll right. just be paddling backwards, but going. But you have all this time to backwards. think about it and stress and like, oh, yeah. it's funny. Like it really is such a small focus spot that, you know, you, it would be pretty unfortunate to find yourself there. But it, it does feel like you could just paddle yourself right into the impact zone of that lip and get crushed. And it happened to me so many times. So what'd you do? All right, yeah. So the story was, um, I think I just made it. It's all a blur now, right? I think uh, <laughs> it was like a blackout moment. But no, I vividly remember. I made. I just made it under the first one, which was like, so I felt good so about making my on. choice about yeah. you know paddling for the wave because I decided to just... Charge. Go for the duck dive because the water is sucking, drawing up the face so hard that you're paddling double speed, really, uh, right. going out. So you may as well go, like, go, go with, with it. it. So I made it under that one, but the second one just came in. I mean, it was definitely bigger and just for sure going to, you know, break a little bit further out. And that one in the duck dive, I bailed the because I have a technique of you duck dive and then let the board shoot out behind you Whoa. on a really? 45. Yeah, and you continue plunging with in the duck dive. I don't, know, I don't know if I like that. Yeah, yeah, no, it works really well. But in this case, that board went out. I guess the lip just must have snapped it. Or I think it actually broke on the, on the rebound, like the second time around. Because mm. I went, I think I got sucked over or sucked. I didn't get to make it completely out the back. So you got and pulled over the And it was the second falls. bounce that, that, not over the falls, but just, just sucked into the maelstrom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I think it was the second bounce. And when you came up, was it in like was it in the chair, like a ninety, or was it just 
the nose, the no, nose the, was gone. It was gone, and I yeah, I had to. I took one in on this on the back half. I mean, the leash didn't break. The so board broke. So it was broke. clean in half. Clean down the middle. Yep. Sad. And that was trip. a thick board. That was that was a three was. inch thick beast for sure with three layers of six ounce glass on three? it. Three? Yeah. Well, yeah. two on the top, one oh, on the oh, bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I don't think it was stressed either. Like it wasn't, you know, hadn't been buckled before or anything. That was just that's the power of the ways of Puerto. They're gnarly. I mean that's world renowned. But that's it's spot. not a beginner <laughs> wave by the way. If this is not clear to the listeners. Actually do the not truth go is to that no urchins. <laughs> no, but when Puerto's very small, like you know, waist high, waist to chest it's totally surfable, oh, yeah. but it's still, you know, perfect little funnel barrels. I mean, right, punchy beach, right? It's amazing, but need a waist high, you know? It's still, it's totally surfable, so you can surf that. It's just the fact is, it's very rare for it to be need a waist high. Well, what's the, what's the offshore bathymetry like? It's like it's it's uh, canyons and and veins pointing right at the beach, right? It yeah, there's this focused. giant kind of like OB in, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worth looking up. It's fascinating, really. It's like a phenomenon. But yeah, there's these giant uh, canyons that um, how does funnel? So they funnel the waves in somehow. Well, yeah, um, like they just like are a... deep and wide, and then as they point towards the beach, they come together and narrow. So like the swell energy kind of gets collected into that deep water, you know, and then just gets focused, accelerated. And pull, yeah, yeah. refract. Then... Is it refraction? Yeah, it's like, like um, under... almost like they're being corralled. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's like a literally a barking sheepdog back there. Like yeah. just a barking sheepdog <laughs> south swell. Sending these waves. But I think waves you can compare that to um, are like Black's Beach mm-hmm. has a canyon out front. And right. even Oscar in s- southern France, right. south of France, right, right. also has uh, a canyon. That's what makes these waves so incredible because the waves come out of really deep water. And because of the canyon, they stay in deep water right up to the bitter end. And uh, so they maintain all their power that they have in this open ocean. Because once waves start hitting shallower water, they start to lose their energy as they're raking across the bottom. Mm-hmm. Pretty standard, um, what's, you know, surfing Just, yeah, knowledge 101, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wave knowledge. And that's exactly why <laughs> when you guys come back here for the summer, it's such a funny irony you know to leave all those focused canyon spots to come to a slowly sloping you know wave dragger <laughs> you know just a that is the you know tip of long island yeah well, the very the very opposite and it's interesting much. you bring it up because it's it's been coming up more and more that but what i've learned on this trip is that something that that i've really that really maintains like a theme for me is uh like, that's not, like, comparing Puerto to, to Ditch or, you know, Montauk, it's not better in Puerto. It's not better in Montauk. It's just different. Mm. You know? That's not, a good imp- It's not better to take the, uh, the, ro- the road through the mountains than it is through the coast or, you know, one route compared to another. They're just different. Mm. You know, they all, everything has their pros and cons. Yeah, and that's coming from a surfer who really knows because Maddie is such a, he's a great longboarder and he's a charger. You know, and I think, and you're so right about that, dude. You know, like just having the right equipment, the right attitude, you have fun in both waves. Yep. Or get crushed in one of them. (laughs) No doubt. Yeah, like Montauk. Fun. You're not necessarily as worried that you're going to get keeled, (laughs) keel hauled, (laughs) but you know, the likelihood of you getting like a deep barrel at ditch is maybe less than right. Place like (laughs) I'd say so. A little less.
Unless you're talking to John or Tom. Yeah. You know, they get deep barrels out there all the time. Every day. It's not even tubing. And they're like, I just got barrel. Some but that good barrel, if you get the barrel at Ditch, which I have before, it feels that much more amazing because it is rare. So it's mm. a really special moment. All right. Uh, so anything else we want to talk about? It's a long cast already. We're at the 52-minute well, no, no, mark. No, because, you know, remember I turned it on super early. Ah, yeah. Um, and then I'll cut out some stupid bullshit that we said, uh, random stuff. Or no doubt. stupid times where we made fools of ourselves. Like, <laughs> wait, what's refraction? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's reflection. <laughs> <laughs> when the waves No, reflect. I'm pretty sure that's when the wave comes from the other way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we can wrap it up. Let's, uh, anything else you want to say about surf traveling, do's and don'ts? Um, as surf traveling, do travel. Do travel. Don't, you know, I don't know. Don't, don't be a coup. I like the don't. <laughs> um, just do. Do um, travel as much as you can. Just and do as much as you can. the right thing. Do, you know, do get yourself out there and see for yourself what any given place is like. And don't just take hearsay for, for the way it is, you know. Um, don't forget your sunscreen and like your extra <laughs> pair of fins, you know, and uh, the sun cure if you have, you know, fix that ding. Um, bring the wax, right? Be prepared. Be prepared. Right Don't on. forget to bring an extra leash. Um. <laughs> All right, that's sweet. Hey, all you guys out there, if you're not subscribed to this show, you are cooking it. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button and uh, drop us some stars while you're at it. All right, this has been another episode of the Cookcast with Coach Evan and myself and Maddie Leo. Thanks for being on the show, Maddie. That was fun. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks a lot, Evan. Right, Woo! Big up, big up. See you soon. Woo!